Well, sounds like uh, Brownie's sitting here chewing on a donut. Uh, this is so good. God damn it. This is like. It doesn't phase you at all that you're sitting here you're recording a show and you're sitting here eating a goddamn jelly donut. Is that right? I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, he's hungry. <laughs> That's why he's fucking old and fat now. Uh, uh, guys, it, might, it might be old, but I'm not fat. Oh, okay. Uh, his cholesterol is uh, almost at a 99% block <laughs> and uh, oh, wow. he's almost going to walk, walk out of here and just pass out. <laughs> turned into our conversation and that means it's another episode of the ronnie and markel make a podcast and once again i am markel i'm ronnie and, and this is episode 46 my friend Four, 46 46 wow so close Holy to 50 crap. so many episodes Ooh. how are we doing it man. i have no idea in real life too <laughs> we are running so close to 50 so, damn yeah you but like, i got about 12 years i'm about 12 years away God damn whoa Still got a lot to do. Got a bungee jump. Got to dance and sing on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's dead, Ronnie. No, he's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just his career. Wow. Oh, no, no, I'm kidding. Not. No, it's so, totally not his career. He's he's a legend. Uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, this is the episode number 46, as we said before. Uh, we actually have a guest coming up in the later half of... Uh, this week, uh, the episode you heard before this was the one with uh, the cast of the Black Comic from Black Mass Studios. We're starting to uh, get so many guests. Um, so many guests. To lose track. Yeah, and we got so, we got some more folk coming up uh, next week from Black Mass Studios, which is the We Are the Danger. That is the name of the awesome book by uh, Fabian Lile and uh, Taylor Esposito. Uh, you know I had to do that. Absolutely, we're gonna we'd have to do that uh, when we see him again in person. But uh, with that said, we're gonna jump into an actual regular episode with you and talk about the news. Uh, this news you're hearing now may be a little bit old, but hey, we've done the research. We googled for you so that you can learn all the so things. So you don't that have happen. to Google yourself. Exactly. We save you the trouble. That's what we're here for. Uh, what do you want to start? Start with the movie uh, that's sweeping the nation. Right sweeping now. the nation. All Ant right. Man. So Ant Man's been out uh, long enough, and that means that hopefully you've seen it. If not, then we're probably gonna spoil it right now. So if you uh, haven't seen it, where the fuck have you been, dude? Um, you know, waiting for the next DC movie to come around and uh, uh, okay. be good. So right. I'm pretty sure that'll be good and terrible. But uh, all right. Well, you got Aquaman coming up. That's gonna uh, change the yeah. game. Oh uh, yeah. It's Throw a little baking soda in the water, and he's that fish, that <laughs> fish is done. <laughs> well, I don't think that's how it works with him, but uh, yeah, interesting uh, theory about how to kill Aquaman. Oh, wait, what doesn't that what doesn't mix with water? Is it oil? Yeah, you don't want All to right, oil. Yeah, so you just take a big vat of some cool oil and toss it on Aquaman. He'll be like, ah, 
unexpected. There you so, go. He so won't even expect that. But the fact that you throw it in the water is just going to piss him off. And you know he's like the strongest Superman and just could just rip you in half as a human being. Like, he's very, very strong and uh, kind of uh, almost indestructible if he's near a body of water. That's true. That's why I'm going to have a henchman do that while I'm watching through a monitor somewhere very, very far away. And he's going to be on the camera like, <laughs> Ronnie, the rest is next. It's like, what? Why is he coming from me Why is he Goldberg? <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman. I would love to see... Uh, that and he, him walk out of. I want somebody to do a parody of that. That's a total total sidebar, but I want someone to do a parody where the unexpected person walks out of Goldberg's locker room. But if you guys are wrestling fans, you know what I'm talking about in terms of his intro. Somebody comes over and knocks on this door, does a little knock, and then open the door, and it's somebody else completely different, like Bailey. How about how about you go? They pan the camera, and Goldberg can't open the door to begin with. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm locked in. Somebody help me out. I can't get it open. He doesn't look very tough when you do something like that. But uh, with that said, we'll uh, move on to our next uh, thing here. What else you got for us in terms of the news, sir? What else did you Google? Uh, oh, we were talking about we were talking about Ant Man. Oh my god, I totally <laughs> forgot. We are talking about the Ant Man. It's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, so you so want to start, or I want to start? Uh, you start. Your your review is usually weaker. All right. <laughs> you mean mine actually makes sense? Ah. Uh, Wait, so, how many times have I been right about half the stuff we talked about? Even though I think I have to give it to you this time around. I think you were more correct with uh, what was going to happen with Ant-Man. What do you mean? The spoilers? Three, yeah. two, Spo- Spo- one. No, no, no. Everybody <laughs> dies! Yeah! No. no, not everybody this time. Ant-Man actually gets stuck in the in quantum the, realm. In the quantum realm. You guys know what the quantum realm is? No. You, if, it's you, okay, because I didn't know what the fuck it was either. It's all good. They're going to spend two fucking hours talking about quantum energy and quantum realm. That's exactly what they're going to do. The, I think the best thing besides Paul Rudd, like, first off, Paul, let's talk about Paul Rudd Paul for Rudd a minute. For a second. Paul Rudd is that one guy, like, at, at, when you're at, at work, that one guy at work, I'm going to say Rick. That one guy at work is like you. If someone mentions Rick, and you're like, "Oh, Rick! Oh, he's just the nicest guy. He's like that one guy that everybody likes." Paul Rudd is just a very likable guy. So I feel like even going into the movie, you, you're you all smiles. Good. You're like, "It's Paul Rudd." So. I th- I think you're absolutely right in that sense that Paul Rudd got. You can see that all of the. None of the actors in this movie are phoning it in. Um, they're all here. They're all being as good of an actor as they uh, can possibly be. Michael Douglas, um, the uh, what's her name, uh, Evangelina Lilly? Is that what that? Her name? I believe so. We're Evangel- probably brutalizing her. Probably name brutalizing her name and Paul Rudd. Uh, and let's not forget about Michelle Pfeiffer. That is a big, a big deal. Oh, and don't forget Hannah John. Cayman? Cayman, yeah. I hope I'm not murdering her. She plays week. Ghost, a.k.a. the the female Winter Soldier. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, the bad guy who's... Well, technically, I think she could kill him, and that's just my own opinion. Oh, and that's because ghost... she can phase in and out. Yeah, so, he'll probably... So her trying to, him trying to hurt her would be a little difficult. I don't think that just because of the fact that, like, he... Let's see, now we're thinking about comic movie fights. Winter Soldier versus Ghost. Um... She's not very well in terms of if her power is at 100%, she'd be okay. But I think uh, over the the only way that she could probably kill him is if she stayed, like, tried to kill him quickly. Like, in the movie, there's a moment where she has, like, phased through. um, 
what's his name? Uh, Hank Pym. Hank Pym. They, she faced like, through him and threatened like, him. Uh, yeah. Wait, did she knock him out? No, she just basically oh, no, put her hand through like, him. Through his neck like I want, I want like the, the building. Weak, right? Yeah. So let me let me let's first talk about pretty much what this movie is. Uh, they've taken out of the school of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, school of of movie making. Uh, I liked the movie. I thought it was fine. Uh, that's when I say it was that, a small notch up from the first Ant Man. Yes, yes. Everyone is very comfortable in their roles in this, and you know, you even get a really cool another Michael Pena storytelling yeah, segment. Even though I love, uh, M, uh, I can't even say her name, Angeline, Angeline Lily. Yep. Even though I love her, I still would have loved to see Paul Rudd with Rashida Jones. I just don't know if Rashida Jones. Really? I know Rashida Jones was an early choice cast for uh, for Wasp before her. I still think that that would have been cool, but I. But then when I look at uh, her and I think of in terms of the action scenes, I don't know if Rashida Jones would have been able to pull off those action scenes. Let me nice. say I love I love Rashida Jones um, just for the simple fact that you know she was in my one of my favorite shows of all time, Parks and Rec. Um, she's also opposite, um, aka Star Lord, um, Chris Pratt. Uh, in that show, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm glad that she wasn't there. Because I think that I don't think that it would have worked out well with well, her. Well, I think that's why they didn't. I don't. Choose her I don't either. think it would have worked out as well as the chemistry between Hope and and uh, Paul Rudd's character Scott. Um, I think they worked out really, really great. Um, they they have all the same beats. When I was saying this, the uh, the school of they they went to James Gunn School of Guardians of the Galaxy storytelling, which is basically. Let's take the shiny ball or the MacGuffin, as they, they call it in the, in the movie industry, and let's just throw it over here and then watch the characters run over here. And then we're going to pick up that same ball and throw it over here and they're going to run over here. They spent a good chunk of this movie chasing down uh, Hank Pym's lab because it kept getting taken and then they found it and then it got so taken again and then they figured out how I, to. Like, I agree with that. Just, there's I, nothing wrong with it. It's just a, a way of storytelling in I, some cases. I agree with that, but for me, I also think that Ant-Man and the Wasp was uh, an, a slight evolution of Ant-Man, or Paul Rudd's character, because Go on. I was thinking about like what they've done with the other Marvel movies, like Captain America. They showed like how Cap's more than just his shield. They showed that Iron Man's more than just his suit. I think that Ant-Man and the Wasp also showed us that Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, is more than just the Ant-Man suit. Because so, if you know, they spent a large majority of the movie where, like, they, he was in situations where the suit didn't work at all and he had to improvise. Yes. So I thought that was, for me, I'm like, man, I don't know why my wheels are turning this way, but I was watching and I was thinking, they're showing us that he's more than just the suit. What makes you the hero is not the suit, not, not just, the hammer, not the shield, none of that. It's just... All about yes, because if you think about the movie, he spends a large amount of time out of the suit. He spends like I think he spends more time out of the suit in this movie than in the suit. It's a good observation. I think that's a, that, that makes a lot of sense. But it makes sense for the character development. Now, uh, for those who have not seen the movie yet and you're still listening, that's okay. I'm pretty sure yeah, you might want to like turn me. this off because we're going to continue. No, it's totally fine. The shit out I'm of the this. kind of person that like I've I've if certain uh, projects, if I like a show and if you like the show thank you so much um but if i still like something i'll still listen to how somebody thought of it and then go see the movie people do that so it's okay if you oh, haven't yeah, definitely. but uh what You'd i probably will... get a better observation from what you're telling we're telling you 
Yeah. Once you see it, if you haven't seen it. I think I think this movie was great. I give it about a nine a nine out of ten uh, in terms of like the Marvel scales. I know some of the um, some of the critics have called it like the best Marvel sequel, and I'm like, um, did you not see Winter Soldier? Cause that this shit damn sure was not well, the think, best Marvel I, sequel. Well, I think it was uh, good. I think what they mean is from the character standpoint, like with Ant Man's like. Let's face it, Ant Man's a step down from Captain America, so of it's like, okay, so to take a character that's not might not be as well known as Captain America's Ant Man, and to make a a really good sequel that's funny and laughable and adventurous, I think it worked perfectly. Yeah, it was spot on. I'm like, I was trying to pick out some flaws. Mm, couldn't really. Anyone notice something about Lawrence Fishburne? Any Lawrence Besides Fishburne. him being chubby now. Sorry, Lawrence. Well, no, love, love you though. Yeah, you know what all that shit. Eat, eating well. Yeah, I was about to say all that, all that uh, belly there. That's money. That's, that's money right that's, there. Uh, he's still eating from the Matrix. That's Matrix money. That's that Matrix money. <laughs> uh, or that's what he really looks like instead of the Matrix having him being skinny and like <laughs> for a suit. He, this is well, what he he's really getting up like. in age. I'm, Lawrence Fishburne is gonna listen to our podcast and be like, "You two assholes." <laughs> <laughs> hook the shit out of us. Like, do you not know I was Ike Turner? Like, you know how old I am. Of course, I'm getting chubby and stuff. Like, like okay. fuck you guys. Like. Uh, well, what I will say about him is that I've noticed in um, in the last couple of movies that he's been in that he's been outside of the Morbius character, uh, specifically John Wick as well as this movie, he's always comes off as a a, a smart man, um, you know, an intellectual, but he also always comes out as a man in power. Like he was, he was the That's, underground king you, you, of, of. You could even take that all the way back to Boys in the Hood. He was Cuba Gooden's father. He was no, still telling no, somebody yeah, what yeah. to do. He's always, yeah, he's always in that <laughs> that role of power, you know. But I'm just saying, like in terms of the, you know, sort of superhero, you know, action movie uh, genre stuff, he always comes off that way, which I think is probably, you know, the best way to use him in that way. Uh, but I, I liked him as Goliath in this movie. Uh, he, we of course don't really get to see uh, him in the, in the the true heyday, but we do get to hear you know conversation about it. And I think it'd have been kind of weird anyway to see like this. Uh, we actually let me let me let me say one thing: you do get to see you do get to see uh, Disney use that uh, Benjamin Button CGI on him when you get a younger version of oh, him. Yeah. Oh yeah, they let's talk about that. They did a great job on Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, and Lawrence Fishburne in those scenes. I was like, wow! Like, <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, like, I remember when they looked like that. I remember this they really used good. that same tech on Robert Downey Jr. On, oh, uh, the ma- and what was it in Civil War? Yeah, I think that there's a there's a magic behind it. One day, I would love to get uh, somebody from that studio to uh, come on our show because I just think that's such an amazing talent to be able to do that. It help. It's helpful that these guys have been actors and actresses because if you ever read about the process, um, it's cool because they can take they can manipulate video from when they were younger and actually use that to make them younger, you know, appear younger using CGI. So it's really great. It'd be great to use that technology for myself when I'm up in age. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're going to be on video. Be on video like, hey guys, like, wow, Ronnie, aren't you 75? You look 25. Well, I just take good care of myself. Drink lots of water. Oh, I know what it is. I think it's Colt 45. Does it every time, right? Yeah, yeah maybe. Nah. I don't talk about one of my favorite sequences in the movie, which is, uh, well, hey, well, I guess uh, 
I, I keep forgetting what uh, Paul Rudd's character's name is. Scott Lang. Scott. God damn it. Why didn't I remember? Okay, Scott Lang. Okay, so, you know, he's been under house arrest because of what happened because of the results of Civil War. So he's literally not supposed to be out, even though he's out with Hank and, and Hope. And there's a sequence where he has to, uh, where he's trying to recover his suit, which they thought he got rid of, but he didn't. And his daughter has it in her little trophy, so mm-hmm. he has to go to her school. And his suit's mouth, the suit uh, that he has is malfunctioning, and it winds up turning him like small into like a little kid. And yep. there's a scene where he's walking through the hallway, and the teacher's like, "Hall pass," <laughs> and he did it. Hall pass, running. <laughs> and then he gets the suit, and then he's like coming down the steps. It kind of reminded me of uh, what's the name, Deadpool, Deadpool, when when he had the little baby legs. Yep. So it was like, and then he got in the car and it was like, I was school today. <laughs> like, yeah. you want a juice box and some string cheese? And he was like, Wait, do you really have those? <laughs> they they play Paul Paul Rudd plays the Paul Rudd that you know and love that's just hilarious in all the movies in, in here. And that's I like the fact that, you know, as we talked about the evolution of the character, but the ev- evolution of the actor, we see him in a very comfortable way. And I think that's one of Marvel's secrets to these characters is that they let the actor who hasn't... This is... For none of these actors, this is not their first rodeo to a movie. They've played characters before. But what they do is they let them play the best character that they can, but within the realm of this particular character from the comics. Chris Evans, a lot of people who didn't like Captain America, including you, before this I came around. Like, I never really cared for the character until Chris Evans put that suit on. And exactly. Like, Mark okay. Ruffalo is doing doing a great job with the Hulk. He's he's giving you a cool, funny um, Bruce Banner who's still a bit nerdy. Um, but at the same time, you have, uh, you know, this cool version of Hulk that's still destroying shit and, you know, kind of got his ass whooped by Thanos, but we're not going to talk about then, that again. Um, the Hannah John Kamen chick. I was I'm watching the movie and when she the first time she took the helmet off, I'm like, why does she look so familiar? And I'm like, I realized she was in Ready Player One. She yeah, she also was the a villain in that. She movie. was the villain that was right alongside. Um, I forget that actor's name. The uh, the villain in that movie. Uh, uh, I forget his. He's name from uh, Rogue One. The villain from Rogue One who parked far as who hell parked away. Parked far away to walk over to which see is his cape like, blowing the wind. Yeah. And you know what else was crazy? She was also had a small role in Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't see Game of Thrones, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, she 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 had like a small part. She was oh, like one uh, of the Ben Ben Mendelsohn. I'm sorry, I just can't uh, remember Ben Mendelsohn. She had like a small part in that. She was like one of the slave girls in the in the earlier seasons when Daenerys is like does, doesn't know she's a dragon queen and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I feel like she, you know, she definitely is an actress that has like a little small resume right now. And she and if she ever hears this, she's like, who the fuck you calling small? Like, I'm sorry. I understand you don't have, you know, a Michelle Pfeiffer resume as of yet. That's what I mean. You can't but, compare her to fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I know. Michelle I'm just saying. Pfeiffer, I'm like, she just. Like, if Michelle Pfeiffer was in someone's casting office and they were like, what did you do that was worthy of, of getting any good roles? Oh, I don't know. Scarface. Wow. I feel like, do I have to say that many more? I mean, she has. Or she can just she has a ton She can of lean over and just be like, meow. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, like, oh. She's like, oh my god, you're the one in a leather outfit that they Cat still woman, reference now. Like, I mean, like she's been in. She's a legend, definitely. Oh, we we we're forgetting about another breakout character here. Well, he was also funny in the first one, Michael Pena. 
Of course. He <laughs> got hilarious. showed you he did another story, right? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. was just like going through it. Like he's, the first one, he was like, Crazy, crazy Sexy Fine? Yeah, Crazy Sexy Fine. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I would want, I, like I said, I would want someone to tell my life through the way Michael Pena did. Like, oh, so he got up this morning and he was looking for his socks, but he couldn't find it. And he looked at the clock like, damn, homie, I'm late for work. Like, you know, and like, his boss called, like, where you at? Where you and at? And he's like, I'm still at home. <laughs> what are you doing? Michael Pena, please keep coming back to these movies. I need Michael Pena, I've said this before, I need Michael Pena to explain to me the last 10 years of these movies. Once uh, Avengers... Oh, you want, you want it to be like a YouTube thing with Michael Pena explaining everything? He explains everything from the from the beginning. All this is dude named Tony, and, uh, you know, he's got a heart problem because, you know, this accident happened to him. But this guy in the cave, he saved him. Like, I, just, <laughs> I want him to tell the whole thing. Like, Michael then Pena... Then he met this black guy with a patch, and he told him, like, you ain't the only superhero around. He like, what? Like, <laughs> that's that's uh, Michael Pena, if you ever hear this, please, for, for the love of God, uh, work with Marvel right now to do that. Because I will pay money on Blu-ray just to freaking watch that over and over again. Even if it's free on YouTube, I still pay for uh, it. Oh, and then uh, there's Jimmy Jimmy Woo, which is the, the FBI cop that was, was, funny. that was keeping an eye on on Scott. <laughs> you mean when he was sitting there learning magic and the guy come in like, <laughs> you like, not? So, so how'd you do the trick? I was like, what? Why are you still here in my house? Like, I thought, yeah, I thought that was so cool that like it, he had, they had this like little thing like he he had time to learn magic and it was just like really what the that's some little weird quirk that's just hilarious. But what about uh, Stanley's cameo, Stanley's cameo is fantastic as always. Like I how many I can't I have to count find out the count official count of how many movies he's. Oh, this is a this is a sidebar, but. I, I don't know if you see. Have you gotten to the episode yet? I know uh, Luke Cage is what we're talking about next, but there's a scene. I want to see if you can pick it up. But Stanley makes a cameo in Luke Cage season I, two. That's all I'm going to tell you. But I, I didn't catch it because my girlfriend <laughs> had to rewind it and show it to me. It's so subtle and not noticeable. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, he just like somewhere. Yeah, he, made, yeah, he makes a cameo throughout right, the I gotta season. Watch. I'm like, I'm gonna binge the rest I'm of like, it this it, weekend. It makes me question. Wait, did he make a cameo in the other season? Like in the other shows? Either by picture or in person. I just don't remember exactly. In <laughs> yeah, each I'm one. like, I don't know if he did that. We we actually we, we can go back and do a segment in, in a future episode uh, if you guys want. We can go back and look at like some of Stanley's cameos and talk about that. And I can tell you some funny stories about meeting this guy. So. Uh, with that said, we're gonna go ahead and jump right to the end of the movie, uh, and we're we're gonna actually wrap this episode up around that. So uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, interesting tie-in to Ant-Man to Infinity War. Everyone's is, been dying to know. Everyone's been dying to know which is the ant drumming on the drums. I think that's a scroll. I think that's gonna be a scroll. No, I don't think that's a scroll. So at the end of the movie, uh, spoilers once again. If you're listening to this at this point, you've already had stuff spoiled. <laughs> like, um, Making sure we're not. We're we're probably <laughs> gonna spoil. Get thrown through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie's concerned. Somebody, we're in the studio like, and he doesn't want to spoil things for somebody people. Somebody right now is like about to go and see it, and we're like. And this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> gonna run over and hit him like uh, Ronnie just went down, and I'm just gonna continue from here. But so in the end of it, we get to see the ultimate. We get the answer to the ultimate question, which is where the hell was Ant Man during Infinity War? During the finger snap, all but a snap, and it was done. 
Um, so, as you know, if you've seen Infinity War already, Thanos snapped his finger after getting all of the stones, and half the universe went up in uh, Polydus. Coincidentally, uh, except for the original Avengers characters. What? What do you mean? You mean <laughs> like, there was still money a, in their contract? That's a coincidence. Uh, I could imagine that conversation where they, they were first like, and eh, Tony disappears. Robert Downey Jr. is like, <laughs> that's cool. You're going to rewrite that, right? Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I think that uh, they're kind of the head honchos and that. But yes, I would imagine that they are thinking we can't do this next movie without these guys. We're going to give you a lot of the other characters, but I don't think that they will. Um, I think they they, they 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 needed the core characters to keep to make everybody come back to the theaters. You can't like disappear, Cap, Iron Man, Thor. And then because like, even little kids are like, who's Falcon? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy with the bird. The, damn it. All right. The guy with the jetpack. Rocket, Rocketeer. The, I mean. The second black guy. What are you talking about? Like, like, Rocketeer. I mean, Falcon. There's <laughs> no coincidence. Like, there's nothing there's similar. nothing be- like him. There's nothing similar about? between Rocketeer. There's fucking wings. There's nothing similar between Rocketeer and Falcon except a jetpack. But okay. He's not a jetpack. He's got wings. Oh, okay. Like. Okay, he has a jetpack and he has wings instead of. Okay, he has a jetpack with wings. The Rocketeer is also white. What are you talking about? Like, you're just. Wait, you don't know that if he has a mask on. Every time they've written this guy, it's in the 50s and he's white. What are you okay. talking I understand what For you're saying. For this generation, that. you don't know that if he. Well, pro- this generation, you're probably like, who the fuck is the Rocketeer? Oh, so what you're saying <laughs> is the Rocketeer, you're going to see a new trailer for it and you're going to take the mask off. And it's going to be Donald be- Glover. <laughs> you're welcome. Boycott. <laughs> like, he will boycott this shit. Well, no, I think he's safe. You know, he's one of the safe ones. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think. It, no, I think if they were going to do Rocketeer. A, a remake. You'd pull off the mask and it'd be Will Smith. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No, you know exactly what we need to do. We do. All we're going to do is we're going to repeat the Star Wars trailer. We're going to pull the mask off and you're going to have John Boyega <laughs> like, looking around. It's like, uh, again? Please, God, don't put John Boyega in no damn Rocketeer outfit. Why? You don't like John Boyega? Okay, so onwards wow. to our next uh, conversation. We'll bring that up yeah. again later. But, um... So, really quick, what we're going to say, uh, I'm going to give you the breakdown of the ending to uh, the after credit scene, the first one, for Ant-Man, which is basically uh, Hank Pym has figured out how to put this tunnel thing that they have in the movie, um, which they're, like, fighting back and into forth the, for. Into, into the a, 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 No, they were able to take uh, that uh, tunnel and put it into a van. Yeah. Now... They went into there to try to save Ghost, who now becomes an ally, a.k.a. Winter Soldier, bad guy turned good guy at the end of the movie. Um, well, it also seems like she needs to that continuously to keep getting that energy from in there. Yes. So there's quantum energy, and they figured out that the quantum energy can sustain her instead of in, from phasing out. Now, what happens, unfortunately, is when Scott goes in there, right at that very moment is when Thanos' finger snaps, and... All of the Van Dynes are dead. And when I saw that, the whole audience was like, oh! <laughs> I was sitting there like, yes! <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's sad. I'm not saying that, that I wanted to see them go. Uh, quick, boo them, qu- guys. Boo! <laughs> quick, quick sidebar to that. Are you telling me that Michelle Pfeiffer got saved through this whole movie just to die? 
What the fuck? Really? Well, I mean, what the fuck? Well, Come on. I mean, Marvel's done that already. I mean, Groot has died twice now. Jesus. So. Like, <laughs> God, just stop messing with him, man. Like, I'm like, Groot got killed and then he came back and then he got disintegrated. Like, no. Nah, but nah, that's nah. a, you know, I heard it. I remember I was watching a um, recent uh, interview with. Um, the writers of Infinity War, not the Russo brothers, but the writers, and they were talking about how what was important about that last sequence in Infinity War, going to that, is not just the fact that these people died slowly, but the more important thing was the reaction of the people who were dying in front of them, like Cap's reaction, oh, and Rocket's reaction, and Tony's reaction. Yeah, that was Reactions, all on purpose. That all on purpose. An they died as slow as they could because they could have just went in in one quick soup and been over, but they wanted you to feel that. Um, in this case, Scott is actually left alone in the quantum realm, and we have no way of knowing how he's going to get out. Because guess what? All of the experts, well, three, th- three, three of the four experts in the movie, in, in terms of quantum energy, just went up in a puff of smoke. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So the only other people who are left. So now that you know the ending, or you now you know the uh, the uh, after credits, the first after credit scene that ties into Infinity War. What's your thoughts on how uh, they're going to get Scott back and how he's going to tie back into Infinity War? I have no fucking clue. Really? <laughs> you were sitting there and you didn't think of anything? I had no clue. I'm pretty sure like it's going to have to do something with maybe like Bruce Banner or somebody smart is going to have to figure out. I'm going to tell out. you who's going to save Cause I, Scott. Because I'm Lane. also thinking, like, how the fuck did they, they without, without like, uh, you know, Hank Pym and them, how the fuck did they even know that where he is? I'm going to tell you how. So... Five minutes before, go back in time. Before they got onto the rooftop, he was sitting in the van with Hope. And who pulled up in the other van? Michael Pena's character. Oh, Michael Pena. That's he right. told him to follow him, and they had a van that followed his you van. You think Michael Pena's character is going to be smart enough to? Now, here's 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 where things they can make that scene funny, but also it gives you a hint that he could uh, help him out. Um, the simple fact that he's there, he could come up there and just be like, hey, Scott. Scott? Comes up on there. Well, hey, he could, and he could go pressing around on some buttons. Oh, I wonder if the microphone that he was yelling through from the quantum realm still works. So oh, you're telling okay. me he All can't right. just be like, hey, like, it could do a whole okay, funny that, sequence. Okay, that something. could work. He could tell him what to do to try to get him out. Okay. It's like, oh, man, right, if you just work. press this button here, I don't know, I don't know like, what button to press, man. Now that I feel like now that I've seen Ant-Man, my brain is just full speed ahead to Captain Marvel. And I'm just, oh, already, yeah. and I'm already thinking like, God, these guys are so genius, such geniuses with these movies. Because I'm like, we saw Nick last we saw Nick Fury disappeared right before sending a message to Captain Marvel. But we know that Captain Marvel's movies takes place in the past, where she meets Nick Fury. So I'm like, wait, I wonder by the end of Captain Marvel, does it take full circle and come back to the message? On the, I'm like, of course. Jesus Christ, these guys are fucking geniuses. I believe the fact, the simple fact that the reason that they have, um, the reason that they have decided to go backwards is because they decided that they were going to add something to this realm to give you a, a big pop, like they did with the whole finger snap thing. I think the pop is, and this is this is my prediction. One, I think Michael Pena is going to be the one to save save Scott. Two. 
Ghost, the, the whole thing behind Ghost's phasing out thing, I believe, is going to be the thing that brings everybody back. We have this random thing that's like vibranium, which is quantum energy. That what does quantum energy do? Whatever the story, uh, whatever, whatever the, the story, story needs it to do at this point. So it's like, okay, quantum uh, energy exists. Why don't we spend so much time? May, maybe, maybe I could be completely wrong. I'm like that doesn't explain how to bring Gamora back. Gamora's dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, she's in, she's in the stone. She's in her soul is in the stone. Her soul was traded but for the, the stone. Last time we seen her body, it went splat. <laughs> so it can reverse. I'm pretty sure. I'm though. pretty sure that it's gonna take the gauntlet to bring her back. I'm sure somehow they're gonna need they're something. gonna have to like reverse time somehow to before she fell to recover her body. Correct. I I believe that that's gonna be the thing that helps him. Also, if he doesn't get out. I don't know what the quantum realm is, but it seems to have like almost unlimited possibilities. So maybe very possible that he could that they get stick Thanos in. To hello, because wait, that's what happens with Dark Side and Thanos a really? lot of times. They because they are so fucking powerful, you can't kill them. How do they, you? They, how the hell do you take out a villain you can't beat other than stick them in some shit that like the has Phantoms, no like the Phantom Zone? Oh really? It was like oh the Quantum Zone. Oh you can go there and that's you go endless. Not to segue to DC, but I was surprised they didn't do that with General Zod in uh, Man Man of Steel. Uh, I'm sitting here. Uh, wait, say that again. I'm surprised they didn't do that with General Zod. I'm surprised they just didn't make it so like he was he got sucked back into the quantum, you know, the Phantom Zone instead of killing him. Oh, so you mean you wanted a better ending than him snapping his neck? Is that what you're saying? Because wait. This is again. We're getting on DC for a second before we go, but um, what I will say about that is very simply, I think that they thought that the um, neck snap was going to affect the way Superman looked. I mean, the way Batman looked at him, and that's what they were like. He has to do something so critical that Batman can judge him on. But then, see, when they made their next movies, they didn't even pay attention to their fucking first movies yeah. and, like, actually use that in a way that it could have been cool. That's not even... I, you can't <laughs> even... True. It's not even worth getting on right, to them. So, but, ending a little segment with Ant-Man. Awesome movie. I gave it a 9 out of 10, which is... I'm, like, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw a movie that was a 10, 10 for 10 for me, but... Uh, can't remember that right now. So it's a nine out of ten. Dope, dope movie, dope cast. Like, is there a minute a boring moment in the entire film? No. I feel like it was awesome from start to finish. Oh, it was definitely a funny movie, no matter what. I uh, I feel like uh, one one last thing we're gonna do. Uh, I wanna I want you to name three characters in the current MCU that you believe. Because since we're talking about Miss Marvel as the last thing. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Who you, do you believe... Three characters in the MCU that you believe are currently Skrulls that we have not actually seen the real version. Or maybe we've seen the real version, but they got taken at some point. Who's your three? Mm, that could be Skrulls. So I got my three, sir. Well, I think the first one I said was from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. I forget her name right now. Uh, what was her name? What was her name? You know who I'm talking about. The the chick who lived across the hall from... Sharon Cap- Carter, Ronnie. Was that Sharon Carter? That was Sharon Carter. You sure that was Sharon that Carter? That was Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Sharon Carter. Oh, what okay, do you know? Yeah. All right, so Sharon Carter is the first, the number one suspect for me because I'm just thinking about someone who, who has been around everyone. Mm-hmm. Second person that could be a scroll this whole time that would give a whoa Need factor a just like uh, the Ant-Man scene, Black Widow. Easy. She's an easy one, yeah. And, hmm, a third one. Third one, third one. Well, wait, let me ask you this. That's a, It's like a two-part on that. At what point were they switched? So going back to your first one, what, what, what point were they switched? Or, or, was, or was Sharon Carter ever, ever? The switch would have been Civil War when all the, all the characters are all haywire and chaos going on. Everybody running after each other. That would have been so the perfect So you're saying after Civil War, then somebody to get snatched up and then replaced. Let's get him. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Let's get okay. him. Okay. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And who's your third one? Hmm. Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Huh. I don't know for the third one. Black Widow, Sharon Carter. Who could the third person be? Oh, you know who else? I'll tell you who else. Uh, what the hell is the general guy? General Ross? General Ross. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Okay. Now, I think, now why, do you, why do you say General Ross? Because I feel like there's something behind you choosing General well, Ross. Well, I'm just thinking he's also in a position of power to watch everything that's going on. Yep. I would say that, okay, so for my three, General Ross is on my list, but there's another one that you probably don't may not agree with, which is Tony. Tony Stark? Tony Starks. I think Tony Starks is a scroll, and at some point he was taken. And then my other one is Nick Fury. Uh, I only say no to Tony just because I don't think no fucking scroll would have tried to fight Thanos. <laughs> uh, scrolls don't like Thanos. <laughs> Yeah, they don't like him, but I doubt they're like, yeah, let, let, them, let them go and try to kill him. Well, and then what about, uh, wait, what did I say? Tony, um, and oh, Nick Fury. You think Nick Fury? Yeah, Nick Fury. Hmm, that's an interesting. I didn't think him just because of, like, he's connected to everything. But he always but... disappears for some periods of time and then reappears at the pro- uh, proper time. Now, Maria Hill, if I had a fourth one, Maria Hill would probably be the other one. But I think, I truly do think that, like, Nick Fury. I'm going to say not Nick Fury just because of the whole, like, he's connected with all the ca- I mean, it would make sense because he's connected with all the characters. But I don't think so. He could be, they could be even. It ain't gonna, can't be the black man. It could be <laughs> in- orchestrated in there. Just mix, mix it in. Like, wait, the Avengers are the only people who can stop us from this invasion. Let's uh, infiltrate. Let's infiltrate their like leader. Un- he's their quote unquote leader in that sense of like you know he's the one that got them started and he's the one that still kind of does stuff behind the scenes to try to help them. And then maybe we'll actually get the real Nick Fury to show up at the at the end of everything. Like whoa! I do think that that's coming next. I don't know why, but like I can feel it in my stomach. I feel like they are gonna bring Secret Invasion to life. Well, I think that that's coming somewhere down the pike. I think that's that's the year two, I guess. Or, I'm sorry, like decade two in that case. I think decade two is going to lead up to who do you trust at this time, you know. And And that can trickle down all the way down to the the television shows. Luke Cage, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything. It goes into I don't know how long Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to last, but I hope it lasts at least one more season because... 
It's been okay the last like season or two. It's been I, a little... I definitely wouldn't know. I, I haven't watched it. That's all good. I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, so we still got some catching up to do and stuff. But with that said, we are going to take it on home. Uh, this was episode number 46. 46. Uh, we Woo. talked a little bit about uh, the... We talked about throw, we talked about throwing uh, oil on Aquaman. Yeah. We talked about how dope Paul Rudd was in Ant Man. This is pretty much our Ant Man review at this point. Um, we talked about a lot of different things uh, related and to Ant Man and the gorgeous uh, girl who I can't pronounce her name. M- 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 Evangeline. Evangeline Lily. I'm gonna just call her Lily. From Hello, Lily. Who's been in? Uh, she's been in some great franchises, by the way. Who? Uh, uh, Lily, like she was also in uh, the Hobbit movies. Huh, interesting. Speaking speaking of Hobbit, and then make this my last thing before we go. I never realized until recently watching Black Panther that in the scene, the scene where Claw singing in the room, the "What is love?" with um, uh, Martin, uh, Martin Freeman. Do you ever think about what other two pop culture characters that they were that they were that those two are basically sitting in the room across from each other? Who did what other uh, pop culture character did Andy Serkis play that he played in a oh, movie? Uh, Go- Go- Golem. Yes, and who was he sitting across from? He was sitting across from um, <laughs> Sam. I wasn't. I mean, not Sam. Sam. What the hell was his name? Ba- uh, Bilbo. Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. Fucking Bilbo Baggins and, and Smeagol was sitting across from each other in, in Black Panther. Which God I, damn. Which I have to say that I couldn't believe that I actually wound up liking those fucking movies because I talked. What, the so Hobbit. Much, the Hobbit. I talked so much shit about them and then went to the movies like, <clears throat> this wasn't this wasn't that bad. You just made me think about that. Freaking um. Benedict Cumberbatch and, and Bilbo Baggins have been in the same movie together before as well. Cumber, oh, well, they're Cumber also Biatch. in Sherlock as well. But Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who who came up with that. What? All connected. I don't know. They're all, all connected, man. All right, Disney, you need to go buy a load of rings so uh, we can get some more of those. Don't let Amazon ruin it. And then somehow all of this, you know, it's funny. Everything that's going on in the MCU is at least one cast character who's been on Game of Thrones. Oh, they always pick <laughs> in some them. capacity. They have either an extra cameo. Even Ed Sheeran has been in Game of Thrones. Yeah, That's we, how crazy Game of Thrones is. We don't. Ed like Sheeran it. had a cameo in Game of Thrones. Why? He was he was one of the soldiers. <laughs> I'm not. I kid you not. I'm not kidding. Now I don't want to watch Game of Thrones because <laughs> Ed Sheeran was in there. I wonder if Ant Man would have existed during the time of Game of Thrones. How dope would it have been to have those powers back then? All right, so with that said, we're going to take it on home. Uh, this is episode 46 of the Ronnie and Markel podcast. I'm Markel. And I'm Ronnie. And we want you to make sure you brush your teeth, eat your vitamins, say your prayers. And look both ways before crossing the street because you get hit, get hit by a car. Damn, that's horrible. Yeah. See you.